everybody. All right. Oh, we're, we're okay. I knew this morning, I never know from the Lord uh, when I'm going to be doing a series. So usually about 6 o'clock in the, on Sunday mornings. Just when I get back up to kind of just meditate on what I felt like the Lord has, has given me. And uh, usually at that time that I realized, Lord, I've got too much down on paper here to get it in. So over the next two weeks, I'm going to be sharing on something. I believe it's really timely. I believe it's uh, just the right season of the Lord to be able to share this with all of us. I, even this morning, I believe that some of the things that God was doing in our worship time, some of the things God, God was showing, especially through Nicole, really just flowed together with what we're going to be talking about. And so uh hope everybody's doing well. hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. And uh, it we all, we had a great Christmas. I want to thank you to make a great thank you to those that came out for our Christmas Eve service. Uh, it was, it was uh, the most attended service, Christmas Eve service we have ever had. And uh, we had over 120, 25, 30 people here uh, on uh, Thursday night. It was great. Um, Seems like every we, we started doing Christmas Eve services a number of years back, and it seems like every year just keeps growing and growing, and it it's a very special moment, I believe, where we just take our take a moment, take a, an hour together, and we worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I want to thank you those who participated, who came out this past Thursday night, and uh, it was it was a great service. Our Tim shared. And, uh, it was, he did a great job in sharing on covenant. And I don't know if we recorded it or not. Uh, did we record it, Edward? We didn't? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Well, he'll get to preach that again, I'm sure, sometime. All right. Well, we've got uh, a little bit of time together here this morning. And, uh, so, uh, let's just take a moment. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for this amazing day. Father, we thank you that you, we are, have been so reminded of your mercy and grace and love this morning once again. Father, you, you are above and beyond all that we could ever think, imagine, dream of. You are that, and we give you praise. So, Father, we thank you today as you come and you sit with us and you speak to us right now, Father, that our eyes and hearts would be open. And we give you praise, Lord, that this is your word. It's not mine. It's yours, Father, and I just, I'm doing my best to get out of the way today and let you impart and share what you want to share. So we give you praise for all of that. Amen. Amen. It's good to have Erica Smith back in the house with us today. Erica was a part of our church uh, many years ago and went off to seminary, and she has not yet escaped from seminary yet. But uh, she's got about one semester left, so many of you know Erica, so please greet her before you uh, leave today. There was a young king named Solomon that uh, you, most of us know his history. He had, uh, he had a pretty well-known dad uh, named David, and uh, how would you like to be the one that was going to be walking in the, sh in the shoes of someone like David? 
that you were going to be the next one. And uh, how many would think that that would be a bit kind of heavy to, to even to think about that? I mean, the king that God said there was no, uh, there was not another man like this man whose heart was after me. And knowing that you were following that up, you were the next king. And it talks about Solomon as they, as they prayed over him, as they anointed him, they set him in, that it was an amazing moment. And the Holy Spirit came in great, in a great way and ministered in it. Afterwards, God himself came and met with Solomon. And he basically asked Solomon, Solomon, I want to bless you. I want to bless you as king. As a promise to your father and a promise to you, I will always be with you if your heart is unto me. And he says, what is it that you want? And he could have asked for anything, anything at all. He could have said, I want to be like my dad. I want to be a great warrior. You know, I want to be a great worshiper. You know, I I want to be a, a, a king of great wealth or whatever. But Solomon said, I, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. And because of that, we have two books that he wrote, or actually three books that he wrote, Proverbs, Songs of Solomon, and then Ecclesiastes. And so that wisdom that he had gained and that wisdom that he was noted for, that wisdom that the Word of God writes down that there was no other... I mean, he was the wisest man in that day. We, we continue to receive that wisdom over and over and over again. Every time we pick, we pick up the, the book of Proverbs, amazing book. Uh, Proverbs is one of those great books that you can take and read a chapter a day through the month and just keep reading it every month, a chapter a day. Ecclesiastes, some great passages in there. And I want to take... One passage out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. It's on your bulletin this morning, if you read it. But I, I just feel like it is the, it's really the word of the Lord for us as we are moving ahead. And it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. It's a very simple sentence, but so packed with great wisdom. To everything, there is a season. One thing that God tells us is that we will walk through seasons in our life. They're inevitable. They will come over and over and over and over again. And if we don't realize that, we don't know how to transition from one place to the other what God is doing. Because God says, God says here, to everything, there is a season. So, so, if you think about it, in everything in life, it is, it is, it is capsul- encapsulated in a season of something that God is wanting to do in your life, in a community, in a church, in the history of a nation, in the history of your family, in the legacy of your family. It is encapsulated in a season. One of the most difficult things is to, to know that, to understand that, that because of that, life will always change. There is something as we walk with the Lord, as we, as we navigate 
all that God has for us, it is filled with a bunch of change, isn't it? Some of you are going through those changes right now. It is a change from one thing to another. It's uncomfortable. It's uneasy. You're unsure of yourself. All of those feelings are inside of you. Is, am I walking the right way? Am I doing the right things? Am I responding in the right way? God, what are you doing? How many times have we said that? God, just tell me, what are you doing right now? I, I don't understand. Because you have entered into a place that is new, that is different, that is glorious. Because every, we have to believe every season is an expression of his glory. It's, it talks about in Corinthians, talks about that we are transformed from glory to glory. And could that be speaking of the seasons that God has us in? Because not only is it that we're, we're gaining a new perspective as his glory, but we're being changed also in his likeness. You know, every season I've been through in my life, there's been dramatic change in my life. I, uh, I had no idea I was that bad off, you know, that I needed to constantly change. But uh, it's like, uh, I don't know, God constantly fits me in humbling moments. It just seems like that. It, it just constantly puts me in places where something happens and it's just one of those, you know, one of those embarrassing, humbling moments of life. And people would try to reassure me, you know, God is just, you know, it's okay. God just try to keep you humble. And I just go, gosh, man, I had no idea I was that proud, you know. But, uh, but we, you know, these things occur and happen in all of our lives. Seasons can be different things. It could actually be the seasons of the year that we're going through. It could be seasons of becoming married. That's a big season, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you have no idea. If, you, if you're not married yet, you have no idea. If you are, you just don't know what to say, okay? <laughs> but the seasons of different marriage, the seasons of having children, the greatest two things that, ha well, the greatest three things that happened in my life was receiving Christ as my Lord and Savior, marrying the woman that I love spending my life with. I love spending my life with you, Sydney. And having three precious children. They were all life-altering moments, you know, uh, especially being married to this woman here. And uh, I, have, I hope I have changed. <laughs> sure, it seems like I have a little bit. The seasons of marriage, the seasons of children, seasons of moving, you know. Uh, we've had people to move. People are moving back. Great news, the Skittas are moving back here in January. If you don't know who I'm talking about, uh, Jan and Talita Skitta, who was a part of our church for a good number of years, had to go back to South Africa uh, of a job reason, and they're coming back to Richmond here in January. And a great couple, precious couple. Y'all are going to fall in love with them if you don't know them and uh, excited about them. But the seasons of moving, season of getting a new job.
seasons of losing a child. <laughs> All of those things, financial seasons, seasons of great challenge, spiritual seasons, graduating. It'll be a new season for you. You know, that's right. When you escape, man, it's a new season for you, sweetheart. We need to be able to know what God is doing, what God is saying. You need to understand, God says here in Ecclesiastes, for every season there is a time of God's expressive purpose. God never guides you onto a pathway without his purpose lining it all the way. You know, we think that when, when God has a direction for us, it's from point A to point B, just a straight line. It's never that way, is it? <laughs> it's never that way. We'd like for it to be, okay? I, I know where I'm leaving from, and I know exactly where I'm going, and it looks like it will take about five days. So uh, thank you, Lord. I've got it now. Thank you for your help. But how do you know it's never that way? That five-day journey becomes a five-year journey, whatever it is. But, I, but the, the great thing about it is it's all about the journey. We have to, I think if we could come to that place, people, we would be so much more happier. We'd be a whole lot less stressful to understand that much of life is such a, it's about the journey, it's not about the destination. And to think about it, that journey it's lined the entire way with the purpose of God. So you can never be out of the purpose of God unless you choose to. But even in those times that we seem to be a bit blind out of God, what are you doing right now? What season am I, am I in? It's not without purpose. It's never without purpose. And what God is doing in your life, we need to understand the purpose. We need to understand what God is doing in my season. We need to understand there are going to be new challenges and new disciplines that are going to be formed and new patterns that are going to happen and new partnerships with people. I believe in every season, new partnerships are born with people because never, God never, means, you, God never mean, means for you to walk anything by yourself. Never. You're never alone. And no matter where you're walking, there are those walking with you. Sometimes we just don't see it. And so in the season that we're in, we find ourselves in, we need to be praying, God, what are my new partnerships? God, what are the new relationships that you're forming for me? What are you doing, Father? To me, as we begin into a new year, somewhat for me, I always look at it as a new season. How many of you do that a little bit? That usually the beginning of year is somewhat of a new season for you. Three of us, okay, great. We ought to have a great year. Uh, us three, okay. <laughs> but to me, I, 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 I have a tendency to, to look at it as a new season. I know uh, typically in our church, we have always set aside a season of time in January for a time of drawing ourselves into the Lord. 
time of prayer, fasting, time of intimacy, a time of consecration, whatever you want to call it. We do it, and we, we've done it. Sometimes it's been a week. Sometimes it's been two weeks. One time we did a 40-day one. We about killed everybody, killed everybody on that journey. And uh, that was a long journey there. But it's just different times. If you've ever done, tried to do a 40-day fast or something like that, you understand. It was a long time, you know. But this year, from January 10th through January 23rd, we're setting a season, a time of being able to come before the Lord and seek his heart and say, God, what are you doing? What are you doing in my life? What are you doing in the life of my church? God, what is it that you want me to refocus on? Father, what is it that I need to focus on? God, what needs to change in my life? God, do do I find myself really in a new season? Or God, am I still a part of a season that maybe I never have asked questions about? I've just kind of gone with the flow, but not quite know where I'm going. And I pray that all of those things, from being focused and a time to hear God's voice, a time of considering what changes need to take place in my life, a time to make plans, and a time for intimacy, that we'll consider that. Because I believe that in all of those things that we do that, it enriches the season that we're already in or the season that we're about to walk in. Or like Nicole said this morning, of that coming to that doorway of that place and just just knowing the, the delight of the Lord, that God is there. That's the beautiful thing about it. I love what it talks about in Isaiah, the passage concerning fasting. And it says, as we fast, and it goes, it has a lot, it will, may cover that in the next number of weeks. But it talks about one of the results is that God being our light. And it talks about that he's, he is before us the light and behind us the light, and he lights our path. And that's one of the things that God will do. And one of the great things I, I pray as we, as we pull aside and we spend time with the Lord, that we, we are able to, to have things illuminated in our lives. Because one of the worst, worst things to, where you can be as a Christian is that you don't know where you're at. And we all have gone through times like that and felt that, haven't we? We, we, we can't identify, God, where am I? What am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be connected with, God? What is the purpose that you have for me right now, Father? God, how, how is that going to be expressed out of my life? And if those are questions that you have in your heart right now, you need to understand exactly where the Lord has you. And one of the, one of the, the, the greatest transitions into a new, to, to a new season is found in Acts chapter 2 specifically in verse 40 through 47. What I want to do, we'll take a, a few moments here and just begin to touch on this with you. If you, th- if you think about it, Acts chapter 2 changed everything. It really did. 
I mean, you're talking about season changes. That was a seasonal change. From the, from the old covenant to the new covenant, it changed everything. All the promises of Christ, all the things that Christ lived and showed the example of began to be replicated down, began to happen. And here is a, a ragtag band of individuals Uneducated men, they had gone to seminary. They had had courses on church planting or anything like that, you know, how to prepare a sermon. All they had done was follow Jesus, and they watched him, and they learned. Even though they didn't know they were learning, they learned from Jesus, from everything that he did. And all they knew was what Jesus did. So they just started, well, let's do what he did. And in Acts chapter 2, where it was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for, the, for power, it changed everything. And they began to enter in into a brand new season of God. And because they did, and because they did it the right way, that in Acts chapter, see, I wrote it down here somewhere. It was on the, my, oh, okay, it was on my rough draft, okay? Never made it to my new draft. But somewhere in Acts 13 through 15, right around there, when, uh, when the, the disciples and others came into, I believe it's the town of Ephesus, into Jason's home, they, this comment started going around, these are those who have turned the world upside down. These are those who have turned the world upside down. And so one of the results of them entering into their season and learning and doing the right things was that they had amazing results. And they turned their world upside down. And that which started with a few people began to transform the world, touched our lives so that we could continue to transform the world. And I really believe the things that we learn here, if we can apply these truths or these patterns to our time in January, it's going to hold great meaning for us. And it's going to help us in a fresh and new way as we walk through a season of drawing ourselves intimately into the Lord. Amen? So what I'd like to do, I'd like to just take, I'm just going to read through passage of Acts 2, chapter 40 through 47, so that we could get the whole context of what we're going to be talking about the next several weeks. Of course, we know that, that the, the Holy Spirit has been poured out. Uh, it has caused amazing <laughs> Uh, things to begin to happen. People are gathering together wanting to know what is going on. And Peter stands up and preaches his first sermon. And as he's preaching, it says in verse 40, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. So he starts by preaching the gospel. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, 
And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and of prayers and prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all so that as anyone has had need, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, and, their fo- and they ate their food with gladness and simplicity, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I want to encourage you this week to go home. Well, I mean, yeah. I want to encourage you. That is, Sal, you did it. Go home. Okay, just go home. I want to encourage you as you go home this week <laughs> to meditate on this one passage here. Meditate on this passage. Acts chapter 2, verse 40 through 47. And you ask God, God, what are the patterns that are so needed in my life? What are the things that was established here in this early church that God need to be in my life? And when we come back together next week, we're going to continue to talk about that. We're going to go through here and look at the biblical example that the early church started. Just in verse 40, you can see this. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. One of the things that was an example was a proclamation of the gospel. I want to tell you, the proclamation of the gospel is more just having someone standing behind a stand and preaching on a Sunday morning. Because not everybody can do that. There's not opportunity for everybody. But Peter said that he testified. He just shared what he knew in his life. You know, he had never taken a biblical course on preaching. Never done anything like that. He only was pulling from his experience and what God had done in his life. The greatest thing that you could proclaim, the greatest proclamation of the gospel that will ever come out of your life is that which you know, that which you have experienced. I mean, you know, people, they don't want to hear what you think you might know, what you think might be true, but they really are interested in what has happened to you. And when you're able to be be able to share, this is what has, has happened to me, you may not understand it, you may not agree with it, but I tell you, it happened to me. I love, I used to be scared to death of evangelism. I hated it. I hated taking my little tracks out and trying to force someone to read my track. And uh, there's nothing wrong with tracks. They're a great tool. But in a way that I was trying to utilize, this, it was not a fit for me. I mean, it was not my season, okay? Was it a fit for me? But I found that I really enjoyed listening to people. I found that I really enjoyed that. Tell me your story. 
Tell me what's, what's happened in your life. And I have found that if you make time for people, <clears throat> and preaching the gospel is that you make time for people. If you make time for people, they will begin to share their life with you. And they will begin to share their heart with you. And it doesn't take very long before you say, I know someone that can help you with that. I think I know someone that can fix that in your life. You know, the very same thing happened in my life. Isn't that amazing? Would you mind if I shared with you how that I walked out of that in my life? It's amazing. And people, because you've allowed them to, to speak and you've heard them, their hearts are wide open. And when I discovered that, I found a lot of people that want, wanted to meet Jesus. And it was never a problem from day to day to see people brought to the Lord because I valued people. I valued their lives. The preaching of the gospel is the evidence that we value people. We value people. And the preaching of the gospel is listening, it's understanding, it's hearing, it's being silent, but then it's sharing, and it's leading, and it's presenting an opportunity to a person to have their life changed. I tell you, and when you do it the right way, it's, it's not hard at all. And whether that person that that moment receives Christ or not, you've preached the gospel. And something has got sown into their life. Amen? So, I need two promises this week. One, that you'll read Acts chapter 2, verse 40 through 47. Everybody say, I promise. Good. Second promise is that I encourage you to find someone to listen to. I encourage you to find someone to listen to. All right? Hear their heart. I want to tell you, God will show you exactly how you need to respond. And see what God does. See what God does in that means. Because for, for me, is that when that begins to happen, wow, the joy that begins to erupt in my life. I'll tell you, if you're, if you're having a problem with your, with your joy life right now, well, you're probably having a problem with your listening life, okay? Because when you listen to others and you hear their hearts and you begin to minister to them, I tell you, there's a joy that erupts out of your life. There's nothing like seeing a person <clears throat> come from death to life. Nothing like it. There's not another type of joy that hits that on the joy meter of seeing someone with tears in their eyes and realize at one moment they were dead. They were bound in darkness. And because they believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, everything has changed. Everything has changed. And God allowed you to be a part of that. Let's stand up. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, Lord God, for this time together. We thank you, Father, for just that you would stir our hearts, Father, for that which we are all walking into.
Father, whether it's a new or present season for us, Lord, we thank you for your leading and your guidance. We thank you, Father, that, uh, that you'll take this passage here out of Acts, and God, you'll just you'll let it come alive on the inside of our hearts this week. And Father, we'll come back together next week, and boy, we'll be ready, ready to just how do we activate that? How do we, how do we walk this out? So Father, we give you praise today. We thank you so much for your unbelievable goodness. And we thank you, Father, that we are grateful that someone was there to listen to us. God, you're always listening. But God, thank you for those that you put in our path that listen to us. God, and they gently, with great kindness, brought us to our Savior. And so we are grateful and thankful for that. We give you praise here today in Christ's name. Amen.